wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! I'm back, so deal with it. Let's do this! Finally, The Rock has come back! Live TV is awesome. And the spirit of Ultimate Warrior will run forever! Happy May 19th, folks. Graham Jason Matthews here. Unless your name is Kane, of course, the day of May 19th probably means nothing to you. Uh, but it is still a significant day in wrestling history. For what reason, I have no idea. I'm actually looking at my Today in History and WWE calendar, and it says, and I quote, from 1996, on this very day, May 19th, other than Kane burning his house down or whatever the hell happened nine years ago, um, the click takes its curtain call at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Moments after the main event concludes, Diesel and Razor Ramon, who are departing for WCW, bury their rivalry with Shawn Michaels and Triple H in controversial fashion when all four superstars embrace in the ring. So May 19th is a pretty historic day in WWE history after all, so just figured I would throw that out there. But this is WrestleRant Radio for May 19th, 2015. Sat down with my buddy John over the last 24 hours. I went over to his house just yesterday, hung out with him today. We recorded WrestleRant Radio together, a lot of cool stuff. We did some beast booking in SmackDown vs. Raw. 2007 general manager mode for the PlayStation 2. Um, we filmed together hashtag AskGSM from Monday night. That is already up on the YouTube channel from Monday, from right after Raw. We filmed it before Raw, <laughs> like literally. As it became 8 o'clock, we stopped filming. We ran in to go watch Raw. As soon as it ended, we went to go right into some beast booking in SVR 07. And then we filmed WrestleRant Radio, or recorded WrestleRant Radio, earlier today as you're about to hear. But a lot, a lot going on in the wrestling world right now. We had Payback on Sunday, which I thought was an excellent event, as you'll soon hear from both my John, from both John and myself. Um, Raw last night, which I thought was great. The debut of Kevin Owens, which we talk all about um, in the review, as you're about to hear. And NXT TakeOver Unstoppable tomorrow night on the WWE Network for free. It's not $9.99, not $9.99 this month. It's for free for the month of May, so you can check that out. But we give our full predictions of every match in the card. It's a lot of cool stuff. We also talk about Elimination Chamber. We talk about the E60 special on ESPN that aired a couple weeks ago. So a lot of cool stuff we talk about here on tonight's show. Um, a lot of arranging topics from Payback to E60 to Elimination Chamber from everything I, I basically just said. So you're going to be in for a great show. And my voice is still hoarse. It is it is hoarse in the recording. It's hoarse right now. Um, we did a lot of marking out over the SVR 07 from Raw last night from Payback. So a lot of excitement in the wrestling world. I'm sure it's going to continue tomorrow going into NXT TakeOver. So I'm, I'm sure my voice will still be hoarse going into that show tomorrow night. So I apologize if the audio is not up to par. But nevertheless, though, enjoy my conversation with the one and only John Knapp, un, at underscore John's jargon on the Twitter. Enjoy, folks. All right. So we're back here. Sent alongside at underscore John's jargon on the Twitter. John, how you doing? I'm all right. How you doing, Graham? Doing good, dude. I'm coming off of, wow, it's been, what, not even... Almost about 24 hours Long, since I got here. Almost 24 uh, Yeah, exactly. Just about. It's been nuts. Uh, a crazy 24 hours. Filmed crazy. hashtag AskGSM. That was awesome. Watched a great Raw. Phenomenal. Played countless hours of SmackDown vs. Raw general manager mode on PlayStation 2. As we always do. 
Just amazing. It's an amazing time, dude. Oh, it doesn't get better than that, you know. Especially when we have great beast booking sessions, as you like to say. And uh, I'd I'd say there was nothing short of beastly. These bookings were not. They were. They were great. Hashtag the bookings are here (laughs) on WrestleRant Radio here today. A last minute thing. I didn't see. I didn't think I was going to see up until a couple days ago. Yeah. Great to have you on the show, as always. You're like the Brock Lesnar, as you usually say. Definitely. Special appearance, John, is here on the show. Let's do this! <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had Raw last night. Payback on Sunday. What did yes. you think of that show? Payback? I mean, no. It, like, you and I talked about this. I, yeah. Honestly, one of the better pay-per-views of 2015. And I think that we've had a lot of great pay-per-views It's been a great freaking year. I mean, a lot of people weren't happy with Royal Rumble. I especially wasn't when it happened. But in retrospect, you can't say it was a bad pay-per-view. I mean, it was pretty good. Uh, the booking was a little odd, but com- considering where we are now, you can't say it was bad. All right, then you have Fastlane. I thought the main event of Fastlane was phenomenal. Everything else was a little forgettable. Randy Orton returned, but other than that, not not a phenomenal pay-per-view, but solid. I'd say it was solid. WrestleMania, in my opinion, greatest WrestleMania of all time. Others will argue that. Um, Close to it, I'd say. Extreme Rules, definitely solid. And Payback, I'd say an above solid show. So Above I'd, average, absolutely. Above average. So I'd say we've had nothing but either solid or phenomenal shows. And yeah. I know it's still pretty early in 2015, but I like... I, I, I mean... Going back to 2014, can you say that all the first, what, five pay-per-views were solid? But there, I mean, some of them weren't that great. No. Uh, Elimination Chamber was never, like, must-see TV. No. The road to WrestleMania was very shaky yeah. last year. This year, too, but it, the payoff was... WrestleMania 30, you can compare. I mean, we won't spend a bunch of time on this. But you could say, which was better? WrestleMania 30, WrestleMania 31. We weren't at either of them, so it's hard to say. But I think watching off of the WWE Network, from our dormitories, from our houses... I thought it was awesome. Had I thought this year was near perfect, like you said. It, so far, I'd say it's been near perfect. And after watching last night's Monday Night Raw with you, I'd say that they're they're doing well. Con- they're booking consistently, and that's what I like to see. I like to see consistently solid booking, and they're just it's onward and upward from here. Well, like you said before, you know, or like I usually say, it's all about the aftermath. And I think this WrestleMania has had the aftermath. You know, you can't blame Daniel Bryan's injury on. WWE no. wasn't their fault. I mean, they shouldn't have brought him back as soon as they did. That's another rant for another day. But maybe we'll talk about Daniel Bryan being your favorite wrestler in WWE today, correct? Yeah, he is, definitely, 100%. So, that being said, you know, that wasn't their fault that his reign as Intercontinental Champion did not go the way they hoped. Um, but we are crowning a new Intercontinental Champion in less than two weeks at Elimination Chamber. I'll get your thoughts on that mm-hmm. in a bit. Just, I can list, I was telling you last night, I could list off ten things I'm excited about right now in WWE. Go for it. Seth Rollins is WWE World that's, Heavyweight Champion. That's one. The crowning of new uh, of a new Intercontinental Champion. Two. The Dean Ambrose push into the main event scene. Trace. Paige coming back last night. Quattro. The return of... Uh, what I was thinking. I can't name every single All one. All right, but that four is a lot. Four <laughs> is a lot. I mean, normally you got one or two things you're excited about. I can't believe I forgot this. The U.S. Open. Oof, the debut of, of, of Kevin Owens last night. <laughs> awesome, awesome stuff. Oh, that was amazing. That Absolutely. Was amazing. We'll dissect that in a minute, but oh. I thought that was phenomenal. Um, and I, and I, I really, when we do dissect it, I'd like to take the Vince Russo approach when we do it and just say, well, for the casual fan, was that as much of a mark-out moment as it was for all of us, you know, marks? And I'd really like to see... Uh, what you have to say about that. Absolutely. I thought that was phenomenal on Monday night, you know? We thought it was phenomenal. Both of us. We're a bunch of losers who love wrestling, <laughs> you know? 
know? We love this shit. Why do we love this stuff so much? I, but I don't know if uh, Johnny Casual fan over there across the street who turned on Raw after watching, you know, the Rangers game. Who's this fat guy? Yeah, what is this Canadian guy doing on my television screen? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what he thought about it, but I enjoyed it as did millions of others. So that's all that matters. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, payback on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You did not catch all of the show, but like you said, you already gave your general impressions. What were some of the matches that stood out most to you on Sunday night, from what you've seen? Well, I, you can't you can't talk about payback without mentioning that fatal four way at the end of the night. Just a phenomenal piece of art, and I, it really was a piece of art. And I, the multi man matches in WWE over the last maybe two or three years, I, you you really can't complain. Whenever there is more than you know two guys squaring off, there's going to be an element of just chaos that that really adds to the match. And that, I think that was no different at Payback this past Sunday. thought the Fatal 4-Way was phenomenal. Um, the 2 out of 3 Falls tag team match, I wouldn't say it was my, my favorite of the of the uh, two pay-per-view bouts that these two teams had. I think I liked Extreme Rules a tad better. Mm-hmm. But uh, these guys putting on great tag team wrestling. That's always fun to watch. The only bouts that I did not see at Payback, as I was not able to, and I still haven't been able to catch up, was the uh, John Cena-Rusev... Um, I quit match. I didn't okay, get, for the United States Championship. I didn't get to view that. I think I was caught up on everything else, if I'm not mistaken. You might have to remind me. I didn't... I, last night when we were filming uh, Ask GSM, yeah. we had... Like, we caught glimpses of it, we yeah. We had like Ryback and Wyatt on in the background, yeah. so I didn't get to... Didn't well, miss much. I didn't get to, you know, observe every little in- intricacy of the match, yeah. but... Uh, I get the general impression. It, it was a good pay per view. I could tell that from like just not even not even watching fully with my full attention. It was a good pay per view. It was a very good pay per view. All the right people went over for the most part too. I, I, a logical booking, logical booking. A lot of enjoyable action as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of good action from start to finish. Like you said, you didn't see Cena Rusev. I thought that was the best encounter they've had to date. Really? Not saying much. Their ma- their past matches were not amazing, um, but I enjoyed all of them. I thought they were all very good. Last night or Sunday nights was the best. But start to finish, I feel like this show kind of set in stone or kind of took us to the next level in WWE as well as Monday Night Raw on Monday, of course. Last night kind of took us to what's next. Elimination Chamber in two weeks. Money in the Bank two weeks after that. And then in only 96 days, I want to say... We're going to Summer Slam, Summer Fest. I'm sorry, Summer Fest. Fest. Sorry, Jeremy Piven. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just want to add before we go any further. I'd say for a show that was only just brought up, first advertised Elimination Chamber. We're talking about first advertised a week ago. I'd say it's already it's one of the hotter pay per views. I don't know if I was this excited for payback. Hell, I don't know if I was this excited for WrestleMania. But elimina- <laughs> elimination that, that is valid, actually. I, I mean, there were a lot of expectations going into WrestleMania. Not all of them were great. You know, not all of them were uh, high. But I gotta say, I have high expectations for Elimination Chamber. I really do. Kevin Owens, John Cena is gonna be phenomenal. They've done a great job of like they they can take my money right now, and we're still two weeks away. So I'm I'm very excited for what's gonna happen at Elimination Chamber. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? For the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I, 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 along with you, thought Kane was the man. Because Especially because they advertise this as a network special. Yes. Not, not a huge pay-per-view, so they're not looking for huge buy rates. So I'd say, oh, they'll just do Kane, Rollins, blow that over, and then we'll continue on to the summer. Dean Rollins, Seth... Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. I apologize. Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. That is an A-plus match. That is literally Stone Cold versus The Rock. Like... You're, it doesn't get better than that, and it, I can't believe they're doing it at Elimination Chamber. Who saw that? I know you didn't see that coming. Nobody saw that coming, as well as for the United States Championship, John Cena 
versus Kevin Owens. That's going to be great. That's gonna I'm be looking great. forward to that. And you can't even forget about the uh, two Elimination Chamber matches because those are just as exciting too. For the first time ever, the Intercontinental Championship will be determined. New champion will be determined inside the chamber. Yep. As well as the tag team champions are going to be defending their titles inside the chamber. Six teams, not three, not four, like you said. I'd like your idea. You can pitch that in a minute. Yeah. Um, but I just thought, you know, that's great. I'm looking forward to it. So what was your idea? We're guaranteed. Well, one sec. We're guaranteed one new champion in the Intercontinental Championship Elimination Chamber match, and also uh, it's more than likely that we'll, ha- we'll see new tag team champions. And so that just brings a whole new element to Elimination Chamber because having it placed in February, right before WrestleMania, it's it's a it's a retention center. Everyone who walks in is retaining their titles. <laughs> That's how it is. They never wanted to mix it up before WrestleMania, uh, other than like one or two times. Yeah. But uh, so finally, it's good to see that Elimination Chamber is happening in May, so that we can actually see have an element of surprise involved. But my my going back to what you asked, my idea for the Illumination Chamber, I believe, if I I was just spouting off ideas yesterday, so if I remember correctly, it was something to the effect of you have four members of four teams start in the ring, so there are four guys in the ring, each man representing their team, and then their partner is in the, the four pods, alright, and so then at timed intervals, people will be released from the pods, and so one team will have an advantage, and then two teams will have an advantage, then three teams will have the advantage, and then finally all the teams will be in, and uh, I guess you have to eliminate both members uh, and get them out of there, and the last person or the last team standing wins for their team. That was my idea, because I brought this up to you before Raw, so we had no idea what the... Uh, the composition of this match is going to be what the structure, the inner workings of the match is going to be. Now we know there are going to be six teams. Uh, they haven't really gone into depth about uh, how it's going to be played out because we've never seen this before. This is a new idea, a new concept. So I don't know how exactly it's going to work out, but I'm very, very excited, especially for the great athletes we have going into the match. Well, speaking of such on that same subject, the six teams confirmed for the match, I believe, off the top of my head, I might have to go back and check it out, include the New Day, yep. Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, the Primetime Players, Los Matadores, the Ascension, and Lucha Dragons are the six teams. So you mentioned the two out of three count falls match from Sunday night, which I also thought was excellent, equally excellent. Um, What are your thoughts in the tag team division right now? We got six teams in that chamber, and then then you have the reuniting of the Wyatt family, Harper and Rowan getting back together. What are your thoughts on that? Well, one thing people are prone to do, I've noticed, is that when the tag team division is hot, it's hot and everyone knows it. But then once it dips down for maybe a month or two, everyone says, oh, this is the worst the tag team division's ever been, blah, 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 and they just get so down and upset. I mean, this isn't the first time the tag team division has been this high. I mean, over the period of the last maybe two or three years, uh, going back to, I, I remember specifically when we had guys like the Real Americans, among other teams, uh, they were, I, I thought that was the hottest time. And then after That was great. When Cody Rhodes and Goldust were yeah, champions, yeah. yeah. At, and they had the Shield and a, bu- a, a mm-hmm. cast of other great uh, wrestlers. But then, of course, we did a little dip, and we're the, it was just the Usos for a long time, but then we were, we're on the rise again, we're trending up. Um, I think the tag team division is hot, and it will it, it, it will do what it does, as always. It'll be hot, and then it'll get cold. It'll be hot, and get cold, because that's just how the business is. Uh, people, I, I mean, I think people think that the back in the Attitude Era that tag team wrestling was always hot, when it really wasn't. Tag team wrestling was actually pretty laughable until uh, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys, revolutionized it. Fifteen years ago. Uh, so I'd say that right now we're sitting pretty as far as the tag team division. We got a lot of nice... Um, Got a lot of nice teams. Uh, I I might appreciate a little more realism, but that you, you, everyone always wants a little more realism. I mean, Los Matadores. I don't know why they are in when you have a, a great team like uh, 
Luke Harper and Eric Rowan who are sitting sitting outside look on the outside looking in in this elimination chamber. I Literally. Mean, Los Matadores, they're great athletes, but uh, I mean at this point, what what's the point? They're they're very cartoonish, as everyone knows. But do they do they does WWE think that us as an intelligent audience gives Los Matadores a, a blue hell uh, quoting RJ, a blue hell of a shot? Of winning this chamber. Like, why don't you put some more credible te- teams in there? Exactly. But I like the Lucha Dragons. I like They're great, yeah. yeah. They got six teams in there. Seven, if you count, Harper and Rowan. Mm-hmm. You have the Usos, who aren't even, you know, on. they're out right now. So you have eight teams right there. In the tag team division. In the tag team division. Nine, if you count Curtis Axel and Macho Mandow, which I don't know which if you really stretch, can. Which is a stretch. It's a very big stretch, mm-hmm. but... Um, I think it's good. I'm liking it. Like you said, the tag team division will have its moments. Mm-hmm. There will be moments or there will be times when it's not being focused on at all. But I think right now the New Day has come a long way. Definitely. Very shitty gimmick. I remember talking to you about it, I don't know, maybe about a month after they debuted, around that time around Christmas when I saw you. The New Day was garbage. Had no idea what they were doing with it. And as heels, they're so much more comfortable in their roles. I love it. The, the Tyson Kidd and Cesaro... Can you please give that comparison you gave to me last night? Uh, I love it. I uh, love it. I totally see. When I watched Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, especially not just how they wrestled, but the circumstances behind how they became a tag team, Yeah. how do you not see Flying Brian Pillman and uh, Stunning Steve Austin? I, it just it, they remind, They are so reminiscent of them. I mean, uh, Tyson Kidd being Pillman, uh, Cesaro being with Steve Austin, just two guys who were having you know, floundering singles careers come together a hell of a tag team. They make a great, great tandem. All right, and then there's going to be a point where they don't want to break up. As Steve Austin said, in many a times, they don't want to break up. They're having too much fun being a tag team. But hey, that might mean great success for one of them because you know, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin now. I mean, the the uh, Hollywood Blondes are great. But had had he stayed the Hollywood Blonde for his entire career, we wouldn't have the Attitude Era. So I mean, I, I'm enjoying. Uh, uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro right now, but I, I do think, I, along with you, that they have very, very bright futures in the WWE. So. I think they're phenomenal. I also think, and I said this to you last night, that they're using this tag team, not intentionally, but I think this tag team with Tyson Kidd, this alliance, could be serving as the foundation for a major push for Cesaro as a babyface. Then later, do you think there's a, there's a possibility that Cesaro, after Elimination Chamber, unless they win back the belts, um, two weeks after that, Money in the Bank, Cesaro becomes the next Mister Money in the Bank. It's possible. I would never, I would never cast that out as an imp- impossibility. But uh, I mean, I just think that they're so hot right now they're, they're, as a tag team. I mean, I, without with the Usos gone, they're like they're the face of tag team wrestling in the WWE right yeah. now. And I mean, maybe a couple months down the line to do that, but. Listen to this. Cesaro has been he has he's now in the promised land as far as career. He's been out there in the wilderness creatively. I mean, he's out, been out there losing to Kofi Kingston during commercial breaks. He's we were there for that one. He's been way out there in the wilderness with no direction, <laughs> just walking in circles. So I think right now he has some not more than some direction. He has a direction. They know what they're doing with him. He's over as a babyface. So. I don't know if they want to push that, get that away from him right now, because he he needs he's it's just started that they became a hot babyface tag team. So I think if 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 at all he's going to cling to that for a little bit longer before he goes out back into the unknown, back into the scary world of singles wrestling. Um, so I'd say before we get a babyface single competitor Cesaro, you got to squeeze everything you can out of Tyson Kidd and him. 
as a tag team. That's why his tag team with Jack Swagger works so well. Yeah. Remember that, yeah. you know, in late 2013, and then from there he was bound to become a breakout baby face, mm-hmm. and they screwed it up. They dropped the ball. The Paul Heyman thing, which had a lot of promise, had a lot of potential. And they? And they failed to follow up on it, you know? Um, that's they had him lose to Kofi Kingston in, in the commercial break in that Raw that we were at. Yes, so, sir. a turning point show for a majority, re- for a number of reasons. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully he can break out at some point. He just has star written all over him. And Tyson Kidd, not to say that he doesn't, I think he can be a great United States champion. Great intercontinental champion. Interco- oh. Especially intercontinental oh, champion. If, if I have aspirations of Neville one day becoming WWE champion, I can't rule out Tyson Kidd. I mean, he's a phenomenal worker. He can talk. He's got the charisma. He's, he's got, a hashtag workhorse. He's got the look. He's a workhorse. So, I, I mean, I can't rule anyone out at this juncture. So, on that note, I kind of want to transition into this. Um, kind of a side note from Raw and Payback and uh, TakeOver, which we'll talk about. But um, the E60 special on NXT Behind the Curtain, you watched it. Yes, I did. Thought it was phenomenal as much as I did, oh, right? Of course, of course. Thought it was excellent. I talked all about it on YouTube a couple days ago, so I won't go full in depth. But um, I liked your idea. You know, the, the repackaging of Adam Rose. And, and you mentioned this. No, you didn't mention this actually on Hashtag Ask You Stem. We were going to talk about it here today. Yes, yes. And that was before you threw the idea out to me before Raw last night. And on Raw last night, you see Triple H, or was it Kane? I think it was Kane. It was Kane. Walking backstage, and all you see is him making out with Adam Rose. And uh, Adam Rose. Uh, Rosa meant Rose, Rosa, Rosa Mendez backstage. And that's it. That's the best thing they have for this guy. It's terrible. To follow up on the awesome mainstream attention that you know that this special got on ESPN which was heavily touted as a great special that it was yeah. and you know he was the star not Adam Rose not Leo Kruger Ray LaPon Ray LaPon I mean imagine being a casual viewer and saying alright I like this Ray LaPon guy a lot I'm gonna go I'm gonna go tune into Monday Night Raw and you turn into Monday Night Raw watch all three hours start to finish and you go wait was that Adam Rose Kissing someone who's not his wife, who clearly he said he had a wife and kid, making out with some chick. That's backstage. Good point. That's the that's the best thing they got for this guy who I who I really fell in love with on ESPN. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about this product, and it, it really is unfortunate. That's really like in a three hour show, a three hour show. The best thing they could do was a two second cane looking at him <laughs> making out with Rosa Mendes and then continuing to walk. I mean, it's it's un, it's unfortunate. It really is. And the guy is very talented. He's a talented worker. I'm not going to say he's the next world champion, but the guy is very good. So on that note, you know, it's one thing to say the way they're using him sucks, you know? It's one thing to point that out and to criticize it. But we here on WrestleRant Radio, we offer suggestions. And I love John's suggestion. This is why he's a future creative writer at WWE, folks. This is why we are the bookings. John, go ahead and uh, throw out your idea. Well, if you go back to Ash. Ask GSM edition 41 from August 25th. Believe it or not, you and I talked about Adam Rose, and I, I spoke... Uh, did we really? We did. There was a question that came in. It was like, what do you think about Adam Rose and all the other goofy games going on right now? So wow, Something okay. of that nature. I gotta watch that again. I paraphrase. And I was very harsh, and I said, that like, oh, whatever, Adam Adam Rose is a strikeout, whatever, but you need strikeouts to hit home runs with, you know, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins. So he's just a strikeout. And, and after watching that uh, E60 special, I feel bad, because honestly... He's a great guy. Ray LaPon, obviously. He's a, he's a great guy. I enjoy... I mean, I, I can't say that I enjoy Adam Rose, the character, but I enjoy the prospect of him 
rising to the top one day. I really think that's a, it's a cool story, especially after watching E60. But the idea that I pitched to you was one that I would love to email the freaking Vince McMahon <laughs> right now. Because by the time I'm in their, in their uh, board meetings, the production meetings, I'm sure he'll be well out of the WWE. But <laughs> my, in TNA is yeah. Rio Luger. <laughs> <laughs> but my idea was you have Adam Rose uh, lose to any job you want on an episode of Raw. <laughs> And he looks more dejected than usual about a loss. Just like, and you have uh, Michael Coleman, Adam Rose, man, he looks terrible out there. Just like really sad about that loss. You have him go backstage. Maybe an hour or so later, you have uh, Triple H or Vince McMahon, whoever you want to put in there as the authority figure, say, call him into their office, but not call him Adam Rose and say, "Hey Ray, I need to talk to you." And they close the door, and then maybe we'll catch up with the conversation later. So when we finally go with the conversation, it's Triple H and Ray Lapon, not Adam Rose. Going, "Hey Ray, I, I, you know I love you. You're you're a great guy, great worker, but unfortunately, we, you're you're just not getting over." Kind of br- like really using insider terms, breaking the fourth wall and just seeing like a backstage conversation, like like you're just not doing it for the fans. You're not your merch sales aren't up. No one's interested in you anymore, and it's really time. You know, just totally future endeavor him right there on live TV so definitely a real a real a real real problem for Adam Rose Ray LaPont and he'll kind of uh, ask for a second chance and you know Triple H will deny and say no 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 and Adam Rose Ray LaPont will go no if I when if I lose my next match you can future endeavor me but until then let me prove myself you know let me get out there and prove that I can be the best I can be. So now when he comes out, he's not Adam Rose. He's not coming out with the Rosebuds. All right, he's coming out with Ray LaPon. He can wear the same gear hell if he wants to, but he, he drops the accent. He drops the goofy gimmick. All right, and then he he works his way up. He starts creating a succession of wins, getting on a little win streak. All right, and then now people are emotionally invested in him because they saw, and he, hell, he could say to Triple H, you know, I have a family. Don't do this to me. You know, get, get people emotionally invested because people saw his son. They saw his wife. They see... That Adam Rose or Bray LePont, they see that he needs this. He needs this in his life, and that they, that would totally get a large base of people behind him. So then he starts creating a couple wins. He might, uh, you know, maybe get a WWE Championship shot after a lot of wins or something, and that would just be it would do wonders for his career. Because right now, making out with Rosa Mendes is not going to save his career. It is not. So that was, hashtag book it. That was my idea. That's all I gotta say. I already, I already expressed to you before how great that idea was, how how original it would be, and a great way to utilize Adam Rose, aka Ray Lupon, aka Leo Kruger, whatever the hell you want to call him. All I can say is hashtag book it. They just gotta listen, hopefully, to the show and hopefully and book it themselves. Because honestly, uh, as much as you don't enjoy gimmicks, you don't want to wish any ill will to anyone working. Of course not. No, exactly. They worked their entire lives to get to where they are now, and you really just want to you want to see as many people break through as you can. Unfortunately, not everyone is going to be able to. But when they take their time, like had had Adam Rose Ray Lapon never been on this E60 special, no one would have cared if he left tomorrow. Absolutely no one would have cared. A few select people would. But they took the time to, you know, do this whole expose on Ray LaPon. They could have done that on anyone, but they chose him. So obviously they're getting a swarm of people invested in him. Like, oh, wow, he's a real person. He's like, he's got, he has real needs. He really needs to get through, break through, become a breakout star. So let's do this. Let's get behind him. But no, no one wants to see that when he's making out with Rosa Mendes backstage. So they took the time to get us invested through his E60 special, and now they're not even going to follow through on it. That, that's the unfortunate part right there. Total waste. I mean, it's not surprising with this company, but it is a waste, though, nevertheless. 
also last night on Raw, another thing that you not only booked, but you called, um, Lana being paired with Dolph Ziggler. It was more of a guess, but... It was more of a guess. It was an, it was an educated, educated, educated guess, guess, but yeah. you got it right, and I didn't see anyone else call it, so I thought it was great. Um, but we'll go back to Extreme Rule, or back to Payback yeah. here. John Cena beating Rusev to retain his United States Championship in a night quit match. Rusev quitting in Bulgarian. Lana translating and saying that he said that he, he quit, or I quit. In which he did, by the way. Yes. That was the exact translation. There's no controversy there. No. So Rusev came out on Raw last night, called out Lana, just berated her in the middle of the ring. And you're like, they can't end it like this. They can't end it like this. And they did end it like they that. Ended it like that. And that was it. So later on in the night, Dolph Ziggler um, comes on out and it beats Stardust in a one-on-one match pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much a burial. Not a burial, but Stardust. A, a, a burial. A, a burial, pretty much. Stardust, Stardust pretty much buried by this point. So Dolph Ziggler comes out, gets in the uh, gets in the mic. Michael Cole says, you're in the IC Chamber match at Elimination Chamber along with Rusev. Yeah. So out comes Lana, Lana, and they make out in the middle of the Lana ring. Lana Del Legs. Lana Del Legs, I love that. So Lana Del Legs comes out and makes out with Dolph Ziggler for a solid, like, five minutes or so. <laughs> it wasn't like a peck on the cheek. Like, no, it, was, uh, they, it was a... It was, it was really awkward, actually. It I was mean, a couple just, minutes dragged out. I yeah, was like, oh, okay. I, I, you gotta imagine Rusev wasn't ready to run out or something, because they were literally just, you know, staring at each other. And, and there was, like, no one calling anything on. It was like, odd, yeah. Was very like, odd, yeah. It's like, all right, what's happening next? Yeah, is this turning into a porno? Like, what am I watching here on Monday Night Raw? So Rusev comes out, Dolph Ziggler lays him out, hits him with a zigzag, and that was it. So... I've talked about this before on WrestleRant Radio. RJ and I have talked about it before. Rusev, you know, gone are the days of his undefeated streak, mm-hmm. of his championship, of his girl. Um, you know, I'm not going to say, do you think this is a swerve? Because if they're going to do the swerve, you should have done it at at, at Payback yeah. with, with Johnson. There's no way this is a swerve. Slight chance, highly doubt it, though. Um, what are your thoughts on the recent booking of Rusev and how they've Ruined him, you know, for lack of a better term. Well, I went into this uh, partially on Ask GSM, but it's really, it's terrible. I mean, it's just, I'm, like, I I don't want to blame Cena for it, because, you know, of course, once Cena gets his hands on something, it's it's dead. But he's, you can't say that now because of his whole string of U.S. Opens, where he's really given back to a lot of young guys. So I don't want to say it was all entirely Cena's fault, but just having Rusev, Leave three pay-per-views in a row without a win. Is it that? What did they expect? What What could anyone expect? What like Rusev loses controversially if you count him bumping into Lana on the apron at WrestleMania? All right, no problem. Then you do a, a Bulgarian chain match, was it? Yeah, the Russian chain the match. The Russian chain match, and then he loses there too. All right, now now everyone thinks okay, no way Rusev can go. 0-3 against John Cena. Well, if you even count their fast lane match, 1-3. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's That's no, an afterthought by this yeah, point. There's no way he can go 0-3 against John Cena. He's going to make John Cena say, I quit, which would be a whole new character development for John Cena to explore, which is initially why I thought Rusev was going to win. Because, you know, we've never heard John Cena say, I quit. The fact that they were doing a fourth match in the first place made me think, all right, maybe they want to explore this side of Cena where yeah. maybe he is a quitter. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to do something to that to that uh, effect. But they did not. They had Rusev quit in Bulgarian. And I, I don't know. I said this on Ashley We talked about it a little in private. But I, I really don't have a solid route for Rusev. I mean, sure, he, he, he works the summer with Ziggler. He works all these house shows. Does a nice program with Ziggler over Lana. That I mean, of course you could say this about anyone, but then what? Then what? Is there a championship in his future? Is there 
uh, uh, I don't even know. It could be the next King of the Ring, Royal Rumble winner. Is he main eventing WrestleMania? I, I mean, when you think about it, what's next for anyone? But Rusev is just especially disheartening because he was just this monster here that, that there was so much potential for him to work with all these baby faces. And once Cena gets in the ring, all his heat's gone. I mean, he, he got some heat back last night, but then Ziggler laid him out. And it's just like, all right, well, Rusev isn't a threat anymore. Exactly. Dolph Ziggler, the guy who gets beat by everyone, <laughs> just laid this monster out and took his girl. It might take a, the championship away from an elimination chamber. What I was going to ask you next, do you think they can rebuild Rusev with a win at Chamber, with a win in the Intercontinental Championship Chamber match? Well, like you said at the start of the show, it's all about the aftermath, all right? So if he wins the IC Championship, but then it's continue made to look like a coward on... Well, not not not, not even like a heelishly coward, but just like a terrible, like not not well... Well, in tech, brr, not a good wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad, bad kind of character. I hear you. And uh, yeah, that's not gonna work out. So, like you said, it's all about the aftermath. What they do with Rusev, as far as if you were to give, if you were to give, be given the Intercontinental Championship, that'd be great. Especially because I thought that Dean Ambrose was gonna be the next Intercontinental Champion. Now that he's in the world title picture, I'm sure I wouldn't mind if they gave it to Rusev. That would be, uh, I mean, hell, that could that could be pretty cool. Better than nothing. Yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to it. it. Should be pretty stellar. Better, better, better than vacant holding the. Better than vacant holding the Intercontinental Championship for the millionth time it feels like but yeah I'm, that should be a stellar match with all the talent that was announced I believe we have Rusev Ziggler Sheamus Ryback yep. our freaking truth for some reason for some reason and King Barrett yes, sir. so we got a couple good guys in there I'm looking forward to it you mentioned John Cena the United States Championship I've been waiting to talk about this I know you've been waiting to talk about this Kevin Owens the NXT Champion answering the Open Challenge last night. And I mentioned this before, the U.S. Open, same for you, I'm sure, has yeah. been the my favorite part of the show. It really is. Since the night after WrestleMania. It's, it's been, been great. It's been outstanding. It's just, it adds an element to surprise. And hell, it's just like, we've known, we've all known that Cena can work that well, but I feel like in his previous runs, I feel like I've never seen him you know, this capable or this like this well versed in the ring, but I mean his matches have been phenomenal each and every week. And I've known he's putting on pay per view caliber matches every Monday night. And that's why it's so fun to tune into. I'm looking forward to it. I think these matches every single week have you looking forward to Raw, mm-hmm. regardless of what's in store, you know, what's being advertised. You get a great match. Yep. Cena putting over somebody new. Yep. And I think more than more so than anything else, it's not only the matches that are great. It's the idea that John Cena is doing something new. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the U.S. Open is great, but I think it's more so the idea that we've never seen this from Cena before. He's in the main event every year, every month for 10 years, and finally they got something going for him where people can be excited for what he's going to do. Exactly. He's got Sami Zayn, Neville, Barrett, Dean Ambrose, you know, all these great opponents, all these great matches. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Now, last night, our third consecutive week, where a former or current NXT champion answered the U.S. Open, Kevin Owens. What were your thoughts? What was going through your mind when you were... Dun, dun, dun? Well, when, I, when I heard that, that entrance music, I was just thinking, there's no way. There's no way. He has a special on Wednesday. He can't be out here. And then, you know, as he came out, I was like, all right, well, this should be a good match. This is going to be a... This is a match I'd really like to see at a WrestleMania one day, but let, let's do it. Let's do it. Next year. And then as they started to talk and get into the whole promotional interview, I thought, well, you know, uh, I'm glad that they're holding off on this. And I, I will say, as epic as the moment was, I'm going to be a little bit of a party pooper here. Go ahead. I thought that 
Owens left a huge impact. And it's not that he seemed nervous to me. He seemed like he was holding back. I don't know if that is what you picked up on, but I totally thought that he's he's so capable of being this great heel, but I feel like maybe he was, I don't know, trying to re- respect John Cena a little bit, but I feel like he was just like not being this totally monster heel that I knew he could be. Don't get me wrong, the powerbomb was amazing, dropping the U.S. title, and then stepping on it was amazing. I'm, I'm talking about more on the microphone, the things he was saying. He didn't blow me away with what he was saying on the microphone. It uh, it wasn't it wasn't timid. It didn't cro- come across as timid. It just seemed like he was holding back from what he's truly capable of doing on the microphone. But I'm so, 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 so excited for their match in Elimination Chamber. And I want you to comment on this. There's, there's a possibility Cena could uh, come to NXT Unstoppable and uh, maybe cost Kevin Owens his NXT Championship. That's tomorrow. And you mentioned... The promo itself, which I thought was great. The um, you know we will have a match someday, but it's going to be on my terms. Mm-hmm. Two weeks at Elimination yeah. Chamber, apparently. I don't know if I got that feeling. I mean, now that you mentioned, I kind of do, or I kind of did. Um, but that said, though, I feel like that was done purposely. Okay. Because you can get a lot of money feuds, a lot of money matches, a lot of money promos out of those two guys in the yeah. ring. Crap on Johnson, all you want, not you, but I mean, you know, Everybody. rhetorically speaking, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, um, you know, the guy, when, when he's in there, and you mentioned this yourself, you forgot to mention this before, but you told me this yesterday, the promos that he's been cutting recently are some of the best promos I've heard him cut in a long time. It's just, it's it's amazing to me how, you know, he comes out to these whole John Cena sucks choruses, which are done just to be cool, by the way, no one actually thinks Yeah, if we went to a show, I would do it too. I would do it, exactly. It's hilarious, um, yeah. But he comes out to all these chants, even a couple boos sometimes. But by the end of his promo, when he when he yells, "You want some? Come get some!" Everyone in the house is cheering because they just, they're so not only they're excited for the U.S. Open, but it's just he he's so he, he speaks with such conviction on the microphone. It's 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 hard to hate what he's saying, like especially now that he has this whole United States of America. This title is about opportunity, kind of thing. I mean, how could you be mad about that? Him, you know, winning the WWE Championship every month, you could be mad about that. But it's really hard to. He's out there giving these young bucks a shot, putting on great matches, and yeah, he he starts with great promos. So it's, honestly, um, this might be a bold statement. It might not be a bold statement. I kind of agree with this, by this the way. This has been the best his character's been in a long, long, long time. Very the long most time. the most invested I've been in John Cena Definitely. since I started watching seven years ago. <laughs> Probably for you as well, right? I'm trying to think of another... Talk. Well, other mean, than the Edge-Cena the, feud. The Edge-Cena feud. I, I, re- I was really hoping a- a Cena would come out on top back then. but uh, What the fuck is wrong with you, John? <laughs> Damn it! But, uh... <laughs> No, hey, for me, the whole the whole Cena sucks garbage happened when he beat my idol at WrestleMania 23. Shawn Michaels. After yeah. that, I wasn't a fan really anymore. But you know, this is this has been really reinvigorating for his career, revitalizing his career. Really fun to watch every Monday night at the U.S. Open. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. Like you said, Owens versus Cena at Elimination Chamber. Two weeks. It's going to be a stellar match. I'm looking forward to it. Such a great debut for Kevin Owens. The guy comes out. He doesn't have a match. It's something out of the ordinary. I love how they do something different every week. You know, we get a great match from two baby faces in Cena and Ambrose the night after WrestleMania. The next week or the next few weeks, we get uh, a him versus a heel in Kane or a great match with Stardust. Barrett Stardust. We get great matches like that, and then we have him and Rusev, which is done in a way where. Cena lost by disqualification, mm-hmm. but Neville was protected in defeat, or ne- in victory, I guess, whatever. He did not win the championship, yeah. but he was protected. Cena was protected. The introduction of Sami Zayn with the yeah. promo, and Heath Slater coming out. 
I love it. Just the way they've been booking this has been so different. It's not just Cena buries people. I hate that bullshit that he that he's burying people with this U.S. Open. He is putting people over, and last night was the epitome of that. If I can quote Bully Ray, who probably quotes others when I say this, you don't. And he have, quoted you, by the way. He did quote Cheap me plug. on Twitter. Yeah, underscore John Zargon on Twitter. You don't have to <laughs> uh, go over to get over. I love that, by the way. And uh, Great. Th- these guys, these guys, Neville, uh, Zane, uh, especially Owens now getting over. Hell, Owens got over last night. He didn't even wrestle. All right, I mean, you don't have to get over to go. Or you don't have to go over to get over. And uh, Cena is putting people over, get, like, giving them a name, get, giving them credibility to the WWE universe. Sometimes he's not even wrestling, but it's just it's it's amazing to see these great matches he's doing. It's it's phenomenal. And I'm looking forward to that matchup. Like I said, Cena Owens first time ever at the Elimination who, Chamber. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? I mean, I, I always thought Owen, at least Owens, who only debuted December 11th. Of 2014, I thought he'd be in NXT for a while. I mean, he he's great down there. I mean, he, he could have been called up ASAP. Oh yeah. But because there's like more opponents for him to face, mm-hmm. you know, people are usually in NXT for a while before they yeah. get called up. And but it's looking like this is it. I, I was gonna ask you, do you feel like he is now main roster bound I, after Chamber? I mean, it's tough to say. Yeah, I just one face John Cena at a pay per view. Two for a championship. For a championship. Two potentially beat John Cena for a championship <laughs> at a pay per view, and then go back to NXT and face you know uh, Baron Corbin. So, so I mean, I, I'd have to say, <laughs> regardless of the outcome, uh, I at Elimination Chamber, I think Owens is here to stay. I really do. And I really, really hope so. Oh. The opponents that he can have on the main roster are endless. Screw John Cena, WrestleMania. Kevin Owens, Brock Lesnar, WrestleMania 32. I'm ready ready for it. Hashtag book it. That would be a physical, physical, physical (laughs) contest. Triple threat with Samoa Joe, baby. Oh, stop it. it. Samoa Joe's coming in. (laughs) Uh, Husky Joe's coming into (laughs) WWE on the main roster. They'll give him a Mighty Mask gimmick, trust me. (laughs) They will, yeah. What they were going to reserve for (laughs) Neville is going to be given to Joe instead. Also on Raw last night, a lot to talk about, a lot happening. Um, to close the show with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, I'm liking what they're doing there. Yeah. Like you said, no Kane. I have no idea what they're doing with that. It's been a while. It's really weird. Um, but I think what they've been doing so far with Neville, or excuse me, um, yeah. Rollins and Ambrose, has been great. So what are your expectations for the title match come Chamber in a couple weeks? Well, this is a match that I really was hoping that I mean, not hoping, but just expecting to be saved. They had a great series of matches um, last summer, all right? SummerSlam probably being their best encounter. Which I was here for, by the way. There you go. Sitting in these very seats as we're, as we're recording this right now. <laughs> SummerSlam, they uh, had a great Lumberjack match. They had a great program. They had a great like segment at Battleground where Ambrose was chasing Seth Rollins into the trunk of a car, or came out of the trunk of a car and chased Seth Rollins out of the arena. Then at Hell in a Cell, they had a phenomenal. They closed the show at Hell in a Cell. So a great string of matches in 2014. I was expecting. Well, the next time we see these guys go, it's going to be you know WrestleMania, SummerSlam. You know we're gonna these guys. These guys are the future. Next Stone Cold, next Rock. Don't let them meet up. So when I mean last night, I had a bunch of emotions, a bunch of thoughts, especially as we learned that. Hell, Ambrose is facing Rollins in the main event of Elimination Chamber. Bunch of emotions, bunch of thoughts, but at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just excited. I really am. These guys have the best chemistry, I'd say, on the roster. Bold statement. The best chemistry. That's a, like that's saying Randy Orton and Seth Rollins, who, ha- who are chemistry. I'm saying Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Just the history that these guys have. The best chemistry out of anyone on the roster. They're, just, they're amazing to watch. And Elimination Chamber is going to benefit 
from this. I mean, having Kane and Rollins close a short elimination chamber wouldn't have been hell. Wouldn't have been a really good way to end it at all. But you know, Ambrose and Rollins—they're gonna freaking close the show. That's amazing. We've been saying this since the night after WrestleMania. Hashtag. The future is now. Yes, sir. You're in WWE. That's what I love about this. But it's funny that you mentioned that, too. I'm in the midst of an article. I was, like, in the middle of writing it before I went over to your house yesterday, before I came on over here. Probably going to finish it later, finish it later, put it up on Bleach Report tomorrow. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins, in my opinion, I want to know if you agree with this, is WWE's next iconic rivalry. It will be. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to be the next Rock and Austin, but I could see it being, like, the equivalent Again, not as great, but just something similar to Triple H versus Shawn Michaels. All right. All right. It's, it's already being positioned. It's already being geared to be like that. I mean, the chapters that their rivalry has, is, is, it's, it's boundless. Like, you could write a book. You could write a whole book about just, just Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And the, 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 the exciting part is, is that it's not even close to being over. These guys are so young. It's going to be WrestleMania 40. They're just getting started. And they're, gonna, they're still going to be going. They're going to be tag teaming in a couple of years. It's going to be amazing. That's there's, what I love about this so there's much. There's so much depth in this book of Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. I mean, go back to the summer. They were like the most entertaining part of Monday Night Raw, having Dean Ambrose, you know, uh, gag the uh, Money in the Bank briefcase for Seth Rollins to open, have green paint come out. Remember when he poured soda and popcorn inside yep, of it? And yep. had, had Heath Slater beat Rollins. I mean, their matches at SummerSlam, just the segments and the promos and this and that, and it was just great must-see TV back in the summer, which is why I think last summer was very hard to beat. Probably the best portion of 2014. But, um... Hands down. Oh, they were just... They, they added so much to the summer of 2014, and I'm hoping that... Their uh, stint right now doesn't end the Elimination Chamber. Whether R- Ambrose walks out or Rollins walks out champ, I'm hoping that we have you know uh, more to the story. But I don't want the story to finish. You know, I want I want them to keep the book open a little bit. Give me a reason to want to watch Ambrose Rollins ten years from now. So that's why I love this feud because I feel like the on and off chemistry that these two have. Mm-hmm. It is endless. It's it's boundless in terms of where they can go with it. Yeah. The matches are great. The promos are great. The storyline is great. Dean Ambrose, up until a couple weeks ago, had never, ever, ever, ever beaten Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Finally got that win to earn himself a spot in the main event of the pay-per-view. And all former Shield members in the main event, along with Randy Orton, for the WWE Championship in the main event of Payback. It's, it's outstanding. It really is. And I just, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. What, and when I, when I say, when I, when I just to go back to what I said earlier, I want them to give me a reason to want to see this match in 10 years. What I'm referring to is, I, I don't want this to be a John Cena, Randy Orton kind of deal. Where 10 years from now, oh, Ambrose and Rollins, I don't want to see. I want, like, I want this match to be fresh for the next decade, the next two decades, till I'm dead. I want to see Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins fighting with their walkers and fighting over the last something at the early bird special diner. Blah. I so TNA? It. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that being said, to me, I love the guy, that comparison. It's not Cena Orton. More it's the same match. It's you know, they had good matches, mm-hmm. but whenever I see that match, I'm like, oh, again. I'm really, really not excited. Like whenever they're whenever they're in Yeah. The when they're in the same ring together, yeah. exactly. Sharing staring sharing the same breath. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Cena and Orton again. To me it's like Cena and Punk. You see Cena and Punk in the same car together? It's like, like oh, Cena and Punk? Yeah. It's going to be something special. Yeah, really. Those matches are good. The promos are good. So what do you think they did wrong with Orton? Other than having them wrestle at every single juncture of the kid, what do you think they did wrong with Orton, Orton and Cena? 
I think the problem with Orton and Cena was that their feud never evolved. You so. know? The story was always the same, you know? Orton was always... Every time they feuded, Orton was always, oh, you know, I'm a heel now. I'm going to yeah. punt your dad in the head. Yeah. That was a great feud. In 2007, that was probably the best. The best feud. And that's because they they, had, they did fresh stuff like punting your dad in the head. Exactly. Then, there was they, a story they, to they, it. They did the same thing in 2009, 2011. Like, they did it a year ago in 2014. <laughs> it's, and it, 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 it was never much more than, I'm a good guy, you're a dick, let's I'm wrestle. Chase my championship. Let's wrestle. They had four pay-per-view matches in 09. It was basically just hot potato with the title no story behind it when they unified the WWE World Heavyweight Championships like there's no story it's just Cena and Orton and so far for Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins we've had alright you turned on me I'm gonna kick your ass alright you screwed me at Money in the Bank now I'm gonna make sure you never cash in yes alright now we're at the you're WWE Champion I'm coming for your ass so it's uh, there's already so much depth and so much evolution so many layers exactly evolution is a mystery <laughs> <laughs> I love it it's perfect Seth Rollins to me is like the current Randy Orton. He's like an, he's like a mixture. He's like a hybrid of of Edge and Randy Orton like to it. me. Like you know, it. and Ambrose is like an Austin Pillman and Piper. Oof. That that's a stretch, but I feel like <laughs> it's an Austin Pillman and Piper. Like, oh, yeah. I love the talent right now. The future is now. <laughs> Speaking of the future, NXT Takeover Unstoppable anticipation is at an all time high. Come this Wednesday, very much looking forward to this special. We got a lot of good matches on this card. Um, only from what you've seen, you know, from what you think about each match. I mean, even if you have no idea, like, what the background of each match was, you know, just flip a coin and, you know, pick a winner, you know? Yeah. Um, so, kicking up the card here, our predictions for tomorrow's special, NXT Unstoppable, TakeOver Unstoppable, only on the WWE Network, Bailey and Charlotte versus Dana Brooke and Emma, two women's matches on this show, mm-hmm. first one being this tag team match. Who do you got going over? Well, seeing as though Bailey and Charlotte are somewhat veterans on the NXT roster, and then we have this newcomer, what was her name, Dana? Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. I, I, I would assume that they would be doing the job for this newcomer, maybe giving her you know a little credibility as she debuts here in NXT. So I have Dana Brooke and Becky Lynch. Um, Emma, sorry. I, I apologize, Emma. Sorry, guys. There's a lot of women on the show, which yes. is a good thing. It's, it's hard to remember them all. Exactly. They're all great athletes. How can you, you know, they're all great in their own right, so it's kind of hard. Like, one's not a Rosa Mendez, and the other's a Paige, you know? This NXT, they're all great. Um, but I agree. I think Dana Brooke and Emma are the, are at least Dana Brooke is the newcomer on the scene. Charlotte is ready. She's, she's been ready. She's you know, actually, talk about, you know, briefly what you were saying yesterday about we need new talent. We need new women on the scene. Yeah. On on the main roster, yeah, and I well, I mean, it's 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 really getting it's getting tiresome. It's just, I mean, for the longest time, it was just the Bellas, AJ Lee, and Paige, you know, flipping the championship back and forth. And now Nikki Bellas had it since Survivor Series. Like they've got Naomi, but you know, I mean, but what what's next after that? And Paige is back, but how many times have we seen that? Heard that song? Paige being Divas Champion. Uh, now this would be her fourth. Divas Championship win if she were to win it, correct? I believe her third. Her third? Regardless, that's still three more times. What do you go after that? The average Diva. And I think the thing that, that is especially wrong with um, with the Divas and how they're written, how the Divas are written in storyline, is that in the Divas division, the only gripe you can really have someone that is plausible in a wrestling environment is, oh, you're a champion, I'm a challenger, let's fight. Whereas the guys are like, Oh, you betrayed me. Oh, you're my teacher. Now I'm turning on you. I mean, everything else. And this is this isn't 
the diva's fault. It's how they're written. Everything else seems sophomoric and childish. Like, oh, you kissed my boyfriend. Slap. <laughs> Let's go wrestle at WrestleMania. Like, it, it's really unfortunate how they're written. It's like, I can only be a champion. You can only be a challenger. Let's wrestle. There's no storyline that makes me think like, oh my gosh, this this means so much. Let's go. Like it's like, oh, a Divas Championship match. They're portrayed as crazy. Every every single one of them. There there was once a creative writer who worked there. I believe, camera. I, I think his name is Kevin Eck. He said a couple weeks ago that Vince doesn't even. He doesn't see the Divas as, you know, she's the face, she's a heel. They're just women. They yeah. just throw them out. That's why Alicia Fox turns every other week. Natalia's every other week a babyface or a heel, you know? Naomi and Paige and everybody else, Nikki Bella, they're always turning and no one, you know, cares. It sucks because I think there's a lot of talent in there. Every time we refer to women, I have to ask you if they're face or heel because I, honestly, not only are the Divas matches bathroom breaks, it's like, well, they, they're, like you said, they're turning every other week. It's unfortunate, especially if the heels are the div- give Divas a chance movement, which I was skeptical from the very beginning. Even when Vince tweeted, we hear you, just wait. Doesn't mean we're going to do anything, but we exactly. hear you. <laughs> like it's, I mean, with eight, once I, I read that AJ retired, I knew we were going back to the Dark Ages. The <laughs> dark ages, and, yeah. And nothing will ever be as dark as 2012, and I bring this up, when, when Divas were just not on WWE television. On a three-hour show when Layla was champion, I remember that. They weren't even on the not, show. They were just written off. Nothing will ever be as dark as that. But, I mean... <laughs> that was bad. It's just, I, I I feel like they don't care. They just don't care. And there's a, there's a fan base for it. You can go into any, any discipline, and half, most of the time, half of the fans are going to be men, and half of them are going to be the women. And there's no difference here in WWE. You have male fans and you have women fans. And you have to you have to cater them both. All right? Women want... women. There are, women aren't just, you know, prizes to be won. I feel like I'm speaking, preaching the choir here. It's not just prizes to be won. They're not just conquests for men. It's like there are girls watching WWE who love watching Roman Reigns and Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan and Jonathan. They love watching that action. But maybe they want, you know, a, a hero they can relate to or someone that they, a role model they can aspire to be. And I don't want to aspire to be Nikki Bella or Paige. I mean, I'm like, I want... I'm a guy, and I know <laughs> there are more guys out there probably than than women who want to see the Divas division do well, and it's just it's really, really, really unfortunate. Two words: character development. It's it's so important in everything: books, movies, comics. It, without character development, there's no emotional investment. I, I I actually wrote a paper about this in my composition class. Like, what was what one of the most fundamental aspects of storytelling was a character development? Because it's just there's no way if you could play the most epic movie ever and play it in Spanish, and I'll have no or Chinese, and because I have no idea what's going on. I will not care. It could be, like, the greatest thing in the world. Because you don't understand the character development. Because I have no idea what they're thinking, what they're saying, what their beliefs, values, morals are. So it's like, all right, cool, sounds good. Where the, when, are the, when, are, when are the guys wrestling? <laughs> exactly. Could not agree more. That's the women's tag team match and our thoughts in the women's division right now in WWE. Up next, Baron Corbin versus Rhino. I'm loving Rhino right now. I'm so glad he's back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think NXT is a perfect place for him. He's going to put over the young guys. Yeah. His matches have not really been that bad. It's better than seeing him in TNA for the 10th millionth time. Yeah. Um, so I like Rhino. I think he's cool. You know, by the way, too, I was thinking it was a couple days ago. I thought you'd be happy to see, NXT, to see Rhino back in WWE. Maybe not, but I remember you telling me when I first knew that you were a wrestling fan that someone got you a Rhino action figure. Yeah. And it was from TNA, and you weren't happy with that. I was that. not happy, because 
Uh, obviously, back then, my favorite matchup to watch was uh, WrestleMania 17. Um, and he was involved, right, yeah. And he came in the TLC uh, 2 match. And I, and I always thought he was a beast. And, of course, there's no WWE Network back then, so you really couldn't watch anything more about that unless you bought DVDs, yeah. which I did not. But, um, so, yeah, my friend actually bought me a TNA right after <laughs> which was not that interesting to me. That was Brett, right? It was Brett. Brett. So... That's but funny. I, I, what do you no, got going it, over? It really, it really, I'm glad, I, I'm always glad to see older, more wiser, experienced talent coming back, giving back. I mean, especially, we just talked for, in length about John Cena and what he's doing. And Rhino might not be doing it to that extent, but I mean, he's just giving him, give, giving these young guys and, and women any knowledge that he can, just giving back to the business, preparing for tomorrow. It really, it's really cool to see. I think it's great. I think they can bring in more guys like that. They brought in Brian Kendrick for one for a one off episode, which was really cool. Um, Shelton Benjamin would have been nice, but he's with GFW from what I uh, from what I've heard. As well as I think they could bring in for a one time only if they're not going to do it on the main roster, if they're not smart enough to do it. Bubba Bully Ray would be a one off with uh, with Kevin Owens would be amazing. I, w- I would. I've been advocating for him to be on the main roster yesterday. Like he he needs to be on the main roster three weeks ago. That's when we need him. We need him as soon as possible. I'm a huge Bully Ray fan. Love the work he did in TNA. And I think that we're not so much as a couple months ago, but we're always in desperate need for these non-cool heels. All right, these guys who don't want to pander to the audience, but like a Rusev-type heel, we're just like, F you, I'm doing this, I don't care. And sometimes you get the CM Punk heels or the Seth Rollins heels or like, you know, they're... They're innovative. Yeah, but I mean, we need these not... JR always talks about this on his podcast, The Raw Report, and that we just need these non-cool heels to come in. I think Bully Ray would be perfect. Just, do you know who I am? Just do the whole shut up. Just being like a crazy good heel. He can work a good match. He can work a match as well as anyone. So, I mean, and they, it's not like, it's, like he's uh, sitting... Like, he hasn't been in contact with uh, the WWE. He was at the freaking Royal Rumble. So why can't he just call them up and say, hey, sign me? He was, at that t- he was on a TNA episode a couple weeks I ago. Know, I heard that was a one-off. It was a one-off, thankfully, yeah. But I really want to see Bubba Ray back in WWE. Cheap plug, um, an episode or an addition, excuse me. Oh, John's Jargon oh on NextDayWrestling.net. Wrote it right after the Royal Rumble in regards to why... Bubba Ray should be brought back in WWE with the yes, Bully sir. Ray gimmick, and if it would work. Bubba's bounce back. There you go. Wrote it back in January. You can check it on nextairwrestling.net. Yes, that is John's jargon for you. So who do you got going off in this match, uh, going over, Baron Corbin or Rhino? I think it would be Rhino's duty to let Baron Corbin go over on him. Baron Corbin go over on him. So I'd pick Baron Corbin. I'm sure the feud isn't over here, but Baron Corbin has to go over. I mean, if Rhino wins, the feud will continue, but I, I think it would be better served. On a, with more people watching this yeah. special, more than any other episode, yeah. Baron Corbin should go over. Um, up next, a number one contenders match to determine the number one contender to the NXT Championship. Hideo Itami has been injured. He is out of the matchup. It is Finn Balor versus Tyler Breeze. What do you got? Well, I mean... There is I can't remember a more just highly enjoyed character in, in recent memory than Finn Balor. I mean, he is just amazing to watch in the ring. His entrance will surely be amazing tomorrow night. And it's just there's there's just so many people who who have never experienced watching him who just love every second of it, myself included. And as as good and I'm also a Breeze fan. I'm a Tyler Breeze fan. I think that he's been down in NXT maybe a little bit too long, 
But uh, not that he's great for the main roster, but I feel like they don't really have a direction for him down there. But honestly, you got to give the match to Finn Balor. He, he, he is literally the future. He is... Mm, <laughs> give him the WWE Championship right now. He is, he is amazing to watch in the ring. S-T-A-R. The dude is a star. Ugh. Love Finn Balor. The guy's amazing. Um, so I got Finn Balor going over here as well. Up next for the NXT Tag Team Titles... Blake and Murphy versus Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. Kind of a throwaway match, but it is what it is. For the tag team titles, who do you got going over? I might, I might want to see Blake and Murphy retain here. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, the tag team division isn't as hot in NXT. No, nah, not even close. They don't even have enough tag teams. On the teams, main yeah. roster, but, I mean, yeah, I'll definitely take Blake and, Blake and Murphy in this one. It's hard to say. I could very well see this going either way. I love Enzo Amore and Colin Cassidy. I think they're great. They're uh, very entertaining to watch. Mm-hmm. Um... Just because I think Carmella might turn or cost him the win, I'll probably have to go with Blake and Murphy. I would love to see Enzo and Colin win, but um, I don't know. I get, for for some reason, I feel like as well as you, that, that Blake and Murphy will retain here. For the NXT Women's Championship, you talk about the differences between the tag team division in, in NXT and WWE. What about the differences between the women's division in NXT in the main roster? Wrestling matters. Wrestling story matters. Story development matters. And the time they are allotted to tell a story in the ring matters. It's not 30 seconds of pointless holds and maneuvers. There's a gradual story. The pacing of the match is different. And they are given enough time to tell a good story. And they are made to feel important with their placement on the card. All right, they're, they're, are they going right before the main event? I believe so. Yes, they are. So On the why, card, it looks yeah, like, yeah. So that, automatically, the match feels more important than it already is. I mean, when Stephanie McMahon fought Brie Bella at SummerSlam, that wasn't a wrestling classic, but just because it was placed in the card where it was, it felt it already felt more important than it could have been. Like, imagine they opened the show with that. Exactly. Like, all right. But the card, card placement is so intricate when, you, when you're thinking of, you know, what card you want to make. And they can deliver, too. Yes, they can. Have great matches. Every women's match on these specials, from Paige and Emma to Charlotte and Natalia to the four-way at the most recent special, have all been phenomenal. Really? I'm looking forward to this match. That four-way especially, that four-way was amazing. I think probably the best women's match I've seen in ever. Really? I, mean, I, I think so. Since I've been watching the No Way, easily, easily. I mean, there's no competition, I think. Yeah, all right. No better women's match. Maybe the matches with Trish, but I wasn't a fan for that. But I feel like the matches that Trish had with Mickey were better and more story development. But, yeah, th- these girls have, there was two words, character development, as you talked about, the values, the morals, you know, everything. Um, and I'm looking forward to this match. I think from an in-ring standpoint, it's going to be great. I've got Sasha going over. And um, I think Bailey should be the one to take the title off her so Banks can go up to the main roster. And it would not be out of the ordinary mm-hmm. for her to show up on Raw with that title intact. I mean, I didn't think it was possible. I mean, we saw it with Paige, but we just saw it last night with Kevin Owens. Yes, so um, I could very well see Sasha Banks dropping that title to Bailey down the line. Mm-hmm. So I've got Sasha here. Who do you got going on? I think that because they are so dependent on Sasha to carry the NXT Divas into the next decade and into the future, I think, and with more eyes than ever, this Wednesday going to be on the NXT product. I think they're going to want to showcase what Sasha Banks is capable of. She's going over against Bailey. Sasha Banks, your winner in this matchup, or against Becky Lynch, you mean? Becky Lynch, I apologize. Yeah, it's okay. So we get to the main event: Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. I love the hype this match has gotten on the network on Raw last night. They made it feel like the most important match in the world. I'm very much looking forward to this match. I love the first match. The second match should be equally excellent. Mm-hmm. For the NXT title, 
Who do you got going over? Was it just me, or when they're for their first match in February, did the crowd seem a little, little not lifeless to you, but just not entirely in it? Not red hot for I it. I mean, if you go watch that when Sane first won the title against oh, Neville, favorite match of 2014, quite was, honestly. Uh, um, even the Fatal Four with Tyson Kidd. Sane, uh, Neville, and uh, Breeze. That man, incredible. The crowd was so hot for that. And I felt like the crowd was kind of dead for uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens won. So I think the first thing I'm going to pick up on at the NXT special is whether the crowd is going to be hot for Kevin and Zayn, which I think they will be, especially because Owens was just on Raw the other night. So I think it's going to there's going to be a whole new dynamic that we didn't get in February. And hell, the the match in February might even been a little bit rushed, because seeing as Owens. I mean, I like I like the story that they told, but I mean, they weren't all that well acclimated with uh, Kevin Owens when he won the NXT Championship. But I think more so than back in February, this match is going to steal the show, just be an all outright classic five star affair. It's gonna be fun. Well, that's I, what I was gonna ask you. Oh, and I've got uh, honestly, I got Zane. Ooh, I got, got Zane, new NXT champ. Do you feel like Johnson will play a factor in the finish? I do. I do. I mean, Owens stepped on Cena's United States title after laying him out with the pump up power bomb. I got Cena. Not. I mean, that's very heel. It's a very heel thing to do. Especially given the fact that he's friends with Sami Zayn and everything that happened on Raw. They yeah. have that established friendship. So. But it's a very heel thing. To it is. Cena's it is very game. heelish. I don't know, but it's on NXT. You it know? would be the ultimate endorsement. The thing is, for it's NXT. on NXT. There are eight-year-olds watching NXT. Cena might be able to be a little bit edgier. Maybe yeah. come in and I don't know. Cost Cost owns the match. This is the same guy who beat the shit out of Rusev in that episode of Raw when he's throwing him all over the stage <laughs> back true. in February. Remember that's that? True. So, I don't know. This match could it could very well go either what way. What do you got? Well, first of all, I just want to say the okay. crowd thing. I feel like, like you said, the story they told, I was not surprised that they weren't like red hot for it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they tell a different story this time. Owens does not dominate the entire time. It's more of a back-and-forth bout, very competitive. Um, Zane is injured, still partially. He will be in action. That's been confirmed, obviously. So no switcheroo, no angles, no you know uh, uh, bait-and-switch, I guess you can call it. So, hopefully that match will live up to expectations. But going over, Kevin Owens. Really? I, I just, I don't know. It's weird because with Kevin Owens potentially coming up to the main roster, I don't know. Like you said, it's hard to believe that Owens would, you know, win here and then lose against John Cena. He has to win the U.S. title, I even feel if, like. Even if, even if Cena cost him? Even if Cena cost him and you couldn't... I could see that, but Sami Zayn, I feel like, is main roster bound, too. He's, but he's gonna, he's, isn't he going to be sitting out six months? Who's Zane? Yeah. No, no, no. He's, oh, he's not at, like he's not. He's fighting through the injury. I believe so. So if he were to win, would he? Even though he's injured, he's gonna have to be on NXT. I think so, but they only tape a couple matches the night. So I read somewhere that Zane was gonna be out for six months. I read on some news site that Tommy will be out for six months. I heard that Tommy's out for eight months. Six to eight months. Then right. Zane might be out. Well, Owens was out. He got a knee injury. He was out for only like six weeks, and he was the only reason that worked was because they taped NXT. And then before the NXT came up, the next one, he was already healed. Okay. So, you know, because they, they taped, you know, like TNA. Yeah. Um, so, like, that kind of schedule. So, I, I mean, it could go either way. I got Owens. I got Zane. You got Zane, and it's going to be one hell of a match, one hell of a show tomorrow night on the WWE Network. It's NXT TakeOver. Unstoppable. Unstoppable. And just like that, the hour is up. Oh, wow, that was a quick hour. Here on WrestleRant Radio. Wow, amazing. Talking payback. Raw, Elimination Chamber, Unstoppable NXT TakeOver, Money in the Bank, 
SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Of course, I'll be seeing you a handful of times between now and SummerSlam. Of course, of course. So I'll be getting you back on hashtag SGSM, WrestleRant Radio, doing some more Beast Booking, and SmackDown vs. Raw 2007 for the PlayStation 2. Yes. Um, we'll be doing a lot more of that stuff, but hopefully, like I talked to RJ about, if we can get together at some point before SummerSlam and record a podcast with him, myself, and yourself, some sort of three-way, uh, other than with the other two guys, the five horsemen... <laughs> It's going to be incredible. SummerSlam could be epic. epic. It is the potential to be something of epic proportions, as you put it last night. It's going to be one hell of a show. Both WrestleRant Radio and SummerSlam. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I think it's going to be a great show. Imagine if Kevin Owens and and, and, and Cena goes beyond that pay-per-view and into SummerSlam. If Owens gets promoted in time for SummerSlam, on the same pay-per-view as... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, First time ever we'll be able to see Brock Lesnar in person. Incarnate. So, so we believe. So I mean, Lesnar Rollins look like that's that, the direction they're going in. I hope so. Imagine if Ambrose was champion on that show. Oh, triple threat. Triple threat with Roman Reigns and the Shield yeah. and Brock Lesnar and Chris Benoit. Who? Who was that? Did, did I say Chris Benoit? Who said that? Linda McMahon. <laughs> Linda McMahon. Jim Ross. Superstar Billy Graham. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be one hell of a show. Oh, but. Yes. Of course, before we wrap it up, what would WrestleRant Radio be without its cheap plugs? Cheap plug. What's going on, guys? You can follow me on Twitter at underscore John's Jargon and read my John's Jargon columns at Wrestle. Oh, brrr, next era wrestling.net <laughs> at www.nextarawrestling.net. That is where you can read my John's Jargon's columns. Thank you. Thank you so much. And of course, you can check him out on YouTube as well. What was that? For, 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 there's not that many W's in there, but it is nextairwrestling.net. You can read John's jargon. You can check him out on this week's hashtag AskGSM, talking for 42 minutes. Awesome episode. Yes, sir. Um, great to see you, John, as always, recording this always stuff. Fun, always fun. Always great to have the collision of the two best minds in wrestling. <laughs> the, the bookings. That's bold. That's bold. That's very, I agree. <laughs> it's I very agree. bold. Being a bit cocky right now. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there because I can. There's no one else out there. Deal with it. Was, hashtag deal with it. But yeah, like I said, you can check him out at nextdaywrestling.net. John's jargon. For me, facebook.com. Backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews at WrestleRant on the Twitter, YouTube, Graham Juice the Matthews, YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham Juice the Matthews. And like I said, John is on this week's episode, so make sure you check it out for hashtag hashtag AskGSM. You got it. You can check out John every single week um, on Twitter at underscore John's Jargon. I do have to say, with a bunch of media classes I'll be taking in this coming fall, I'll be on so many more platforms by the fall. That and that, you heard that here first, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be on so not that you guys even care about what I say. Who, I don't even care about what I say. We all care. What, uh, this is the guy that got replied to by Jim Ross and Bully Ray this past week. And Aloe Black and and my dad. No, I didn't. Dang it, dang it. No, but I'll definitely. I'm interested. I'm thinking about making you know. Website, maybe, maybe it's coming little, up down the pike. Maybe a YouTube action. In time for Summer Slam. Stay in tune, boys and girls. Stay in tune. <laughs> you heard it right here, folks. Restaurant Radio. John, you'll be seeing him on various platforms for social media. You'll be seeing him not only on Twitter, but on Facebook, Oof. on 
Instagram. Finna blow up. Finna blow up. Maybe some MySpace. Oh, right. Maybe some Pinterest. Mm-hmm. Alright. Maybe some blogger. I'll be sending some flyers around. <laughs> you can read that. Maybe some ematch.com or whatever hey. the hell it's called. AIM. AIM. Eharmony.com. <laughs> E-harmony.com. We could come over my house for a play date. We could talk. <laughs> we could have some fun. Thanks, John, for joining me. Thank you, Graham. Get you down the road. Yes, sir. Many thanks go out to John Knapp at underscore John's Jargon on the Twitter for joining me for a great episode of WrestleRant Radio here today, only on NextEarWrestling.net, the only place where you can catch full episodes of WrestleRant Radio every single Tuesday. Excerpts are up on the YouTube channel, and I already gave out all my other plugs before, so I'm not going to go through them again. Um, but next week, though, I will be joined by Bleach Report featured columnist, the owner and founder of Smartout Moment, Tony Mango. He was going to join me today, but the whole thing with John kind of transpired at kind of like a last-minute thing over the last couple of days, and I appreciate him um, having me over his place for a great time. I always, always have a blast talking to him and seeing him. But yeah, Tony will be on next week's show. We're talking all about NXT TakeOver Unstoppable from tomorrow night. We're going to be reviewing that show and giving predictions for Elimination Chamber on May 31st, which is shaping up to be one hell of a show with two chamber matches for the WWE Tag Team titles and the Intercontinental Championship, Kevin Owens versus John Cena, and in the main event for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose. So a lot of predictions for that show. NXT TakeOver Unstoppable Talk. It's going to be a huge show next week that you don't want to miss out on. Like I said, only on NextEarWrestling.net. Thanks for listening, folks, and I'll catch you guys next Tuesday.